Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks, and welcome to episode 21 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. This week, it's all about the Nico queen rearing system. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. So welcome once again to my weekly podcast and my thanks to those of you listening via the Patreon page. I really appreciate your support. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a support page where you can help me create more content by signing up to one of my reward tiers and in return you gain access to additional content and support from me. They start from as little as $1 per month, so I believe with the regular quality content I'm producing, $1 represents excellent value for money. If you've not yet started beekeeping and you're looking for help and assistance, pop over to my website www.norfolk-honey.co.uk forward slash get started and I'll do all I can to help out with suggestions and recommendations for you. As usual, I'll leave any relevant links to this week's podcast in the show notes. I've been queen rearing on and off for a few weeks now. I was quite late starting this year because the weather was so slow to get going in the spring and that put me back several weeks but now we're really into the summer months. The queen rearing has been going quite well. Up until now, I've not been a prolific queen rearing specialist. I would raise a few queens each year for my own use, replacement queens for colonies that are showing signs of traits that I don't really want. Most generally, bees getting way too defensive for my poor hands, if you know what I mean. I also raise queens for when I make increases or splits to my colonies. It's so much better having a queen that is laying and ready to go into a split rather than having to wait many weeks before that precious queen cell opens to reveal a lovely new queen and then that anxious wait while you hope that she gets out and mates successfully before returning back to the hive safely. Following on from that, another nervous wait in the hope that she'll start laying a nice even brood pattern indicating that she has successfully mated. I see several queens each year that get to that final stage of laying eggs only to find that the laying pattern is terrible and for me that indicates a problem some way down the line. What I mean by that is that for a successfully mated queen once she starts laying you would expect to see her laying eggs centrally in a frame working to the outer edges in that large oval shape before moving on to the next frame. But what can happen is she doesn't get the whole fertilised egg mechanics working properly. And so she lays in some cells, but not others. And you end up with a spotty brood pattern with varying ages of larvae all over the frame. Whilst not terminal, it does indicate that something's not quite right. And as a beekeeper, I need to take action with that. Too often in the past, I've allowed that queen to continue late into the autumn only to find eventually she becomes a drone layer or the bees supersede her anyway. And all too often she goes on to lay in such a way that it ruins the precious comb that the workers have drawn and I have to remove it, render it down and start all over. I'm not sure this failing queen scenario is happening more frequently or whether I'm just spotting it more, but there is definitely something going on which makes producing an excess of queens all the more important. If I have some extras going into the autumn, I know I can recover any colony late into the season before it becomes too late. And that applies 
not just to a commercial beekeeper, but also to the backyard beekeeper who only has maybe three or four colonies. So that brings me on to my chosen method for this season, the Nico method. It's a great system that I've used previously. I have tried a few different queen rearing methods over the last couple of years and produced a few videos showing these. Some worked really well, while others failed from the very start. I think my favourite last year was the alley method. Check out the video, I'll leave a link in the show notes. But basically, the method involves cutting strips of comb with very young larvae out of a brood frame and fixing this to a wooden bar that hangs in a standard brood frame of your choice, so whatever frames you happen to use in your hive, so that the cells face downwards. If you then crush cells, leaving one cell in three, it gives enough room for the bees to work around that cell, but more importantly, it gives you, the beekeeper, enough room around the queen cell that gets produced so that you can easily cut it out without damaging any other queen cells. It also gives you a nice little square of wax to suspend the cell in whatever queenless mating system you're using, be it full-size nukes or mini mating nukes or maybe just a straightforward split. This frame is placed into a hopelessly queenless colony and the bees do the rest. If you check a day or two later, you can confirm how many queen cells are hanging down and if there are a couple too close together, you can nip one of those out. It also allows you to gauge how many mating nukes or mini mating nukes you need to prepare ready for when those queen cells are due to come out of that cell builder colony. A couple of pointers here to help. If you can remember to get your bees to draw a frame of unwired foundation in preparation for this method, it will help when it comes to cutting out the comb strips. I've made that mistake before and ended up having to cut through the uh, diagonal wires in the frame. Alternatively, you could use wax foundation that is wired horizontally and that way you can select a section between those wires. Obviously timing is important in all queen rearing and the same applies here. The trick is making sure that your queen cell builder colony is queenless in good time to accept whatever you put in with them. They need to be desperate to build queen cells when you put the cell strip into the hive. The cell builder colony is simply a colony that has been made queenless and is ready to accept larvae of the right age to turn into queen cells. After around 10 days, you can take out the frame, cut out the capped queen cells and pop them into the mating nukes or whatever queenless setup that you've created. I quite like two or three frame nukes. They give me more leeway with timing than the smaller queen mating nukes like the Apideas. I just find that I lose quite a lot of queens through absconding with the smaller queen mating nukes. I know lots of beekeepers use them to great success, but for me, I just prefer using the larger full-size frames in nuke boxes. I've already got those prepared. I think the BS Honey 2-in-1 nuke boxes are going to be perfect for this. And don't forget, if you're in the UK, I can now supply you these from my website. Last year, we had at least a dozen queens from each strip using the alley method. So we didn't need to make up many at all for our needs. This year, we're expanding and I've had quite a number of inquiries for mated queens from my stock. I think people have seen what they're like on my videos and like what they've seen. I don't import any stock 
so all of my queens are local stock to me and open mated. I know it can be a bit of a lottery with open mating, but I did win the lottery last week, so you can get lucky. Having said that, I did only win £10, so I'm not giving up the day job just yet. So this year we're having to raise a lot more queens, and the alley method just isn't up to it. I'm not talking hundreds of queens and using incubators and all that sophisticated stuff. Maybe I'll give that a try in a few years. But for now, I'm too busy shooting videos to help beginner beekeepers and some not-so-beginner beekeepers who want to brush up on some techniques. You can have kept bees for 40 years, but if you've always done something wrong for 40 years, there's always a chance to acknowledge the fact and try something different. I'm learning all the time and love finding new ways of beekeeping, it's what keeps it so fascinating for me. Anyway, the Nico system. Similar to the Genta system, which I've used successfully too, I was sent a Nico kit by the nice folks at Bee Equipment here in the UK last year. We tried it out and I produced a video showing all the component parts and how they work. So if you get a chance, I would take a look at that video to see what the heck I'm talking about here on this podcast. I'll also leave a link to Bee Equipment's website so that you can go and take a look at the equipment yourself. Basically, what we're talking about is approximately six inch square cage, about an inch in depth, which has the ability to take small brown plastic cups pushed into it on one side and a queen excluder grid that locks onto the other side. This grid is attached to a frame and inserted into the colony, the one you want the eggs to come from. I normally put the grid frame into the hive 24 hours before I want to use it. This allows the workers to explore and clean it up a little. More than this, and I find sometimes the workers can put nectar and pollen into the grid and reduce the available space for the queen to lay eggs into. Then what you have to do is find the queen, pick her up gently and pop her into the Nico grid on the queen excluder side. There's a small plug at the top which pops out and you can then ease her into the cage system. The cell block cage holds rows of 10 cells across by 11 cells down so you could produce up to 110 viable larvae for moving on to the next stage. While you're patiently waiting for the queen to lay eggs into the cell cups, you need to make up the frame that will hold these cell cups in your queen cell builder colony. This is the one that has to be hopelessly queenless. This frame consists of either one or two wooden bars that fit across the frame. To the bottom of the bars, you attach the base for the cell cup holders to fit onto. These come with the system. I like to use 10 per bar, and I normally get two bars into one frame. This gives me up to 20 potential queen cells from each frame. If I have a need for a lot more queen cells, I'll use two frames, but to be honest, this takes up a lot of resources in terms of bees, not to mention all the kit you'll need to put those queen cells into. And we are talking about small-scale queen rearing here. If you plan it right, you can get a rotation working so that by the time the first queen cells are ready to go into nukes or mini mating nukes, you can have another round of Nico queen cups ready to go into the cell builder colony. After a couple of days, I check the Nico frame to see if the queen has laid any eggs in the cell cups. Sometimes she can stall, but eventually the need to lay eggs wins over. If you hold the grid up to the sky, you can actually see the eggs and young larvae through the base of the cell cups, which is fantastic. If everything has worked according to plan, the queen can now be released into the main body of her hive again, and now the fun starts, and it couldn't be simpler. 
We now have to somehow attach the larvae filled cell cups to the bar in the frame we've got ready to go into the cell builder colony. The Nico system provides a neat solution. Another larger cup pushes into the back of the cell cup with the larvae in it, and when you pull it away from the grid, the cell cup with the larvae is fixed inside. Honestly, it's so simple. This larger plug is pushed onto the base in the frame holder, and voila, the larvae is now sitting safely in the cell cup, pointing down, ready to be magically transformed into a beautiful new queen. Once all the cell cup base holders are used up, the entire frame is placed into the cell builder colony to be developed. I like to pop back the following day to check on acceptance. If there are a few cell cups that haven't taken, it's not too late to grab a replacement cell cup from the grid and see if you can get a full row accepted. 18 out of 20 is my current best, and I'd be very happy with that level of acceptance every time, to be honest. From that point onwards, it's exactly the same as any other method. Wait until the queen cells are capped and the workers can do no more to help, and simply remove them and place them into queenless nukes or the queenless mini mating nukes. They may not all emerge, or mate, or return from mating, or start laying, or have the traits you want, but you'll have a good number of queen cells from which to start. I really hope you give this or any other method of queen rearing a go. It's such a rewarding part of beekeeping, and you'll save yourself a fortune in bought-in queens. Let me know how your queen rearing is going and what method you're using. I'd love to hear from you. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for hanging around until the end of the podcast, and remember to keep the comments coming. I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. (laughs) 